God bless you and welcome to Walk in Truth Christian Fellowship Church broadcast. We appreciate and welcome all of you, our listeners around the world. Stay tuned to hear an exciting word from pastor teacher, Dr. James Sutton. someone might be saved. And Lord, as we head into the ordinance of baptism, let us realize the seriousness of it. That this is not a game. And it's not nothing to toy with. Lord, you gave us two ordinances. Baptism and communion. And each one is serious. To the point that you said that in communion, if we take it unworthy, that we condemn ourselves. It's time to reflect. And as we go through this word, Lord, let us reflect on where we are. And let us examine ourselves to see if we are in the faith. Amen. The world is in a desperate position now. For those who are in crisis terminal, meaning that there is no cure, the fact that it's terminal means that you are guaranteed to die and it be death. And instead of just having one death, you're, you're, if you don't accept Jesus, you're, you're twice dead. You're born in sin, shaped in iniquity, and separated from God from birth. Your goodness is absent. Your holiness is not there. Your relationship with God is not there. And we go through life as if God is paying attention to us and our relative goodness. And we measure our goodness based on the next person next to us. Or I'm not as bad as the next person. Or, or I don't do what they do. But God said this. Jesus said when the rich young ruler came to him and he called him a good man. God, Jesus said there is none good but God. And when Jesus said there is none good but God. The, great, the man asked him another question. And he made a statement. He said, he said Jesus said there is none good but God. And then he, Jesus asked him, he said, do you know the commandments? He said, yeah, I obeyed all of them. So in essence, what he said was, there's no good but God but me too. <laughs> the problem with me too is that's a very prideful thing to say because what you just elevated yourself is to God's standard of goodness based upon your performance. And even after he said he had done all the Ten Commandments, there was one that he would not do. Because his pride and his God was his money. And Jesus has a way of exposing your religious pride. So he asked him, he said, I'll tell you what. You've done all those things since you. Go sell everything and follow me. And the man went away. So many of us go away because Jesus requires us to give up the one thing that we want to keep is our sin. He requires that you bring everything, that you expose your total self to him. We read in John that men prefer darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. We run away from the mirror. We run away from the light. We run away from that Jesus that exposes who we really are. 
because we are born in sin and shaped in iniquity. If you understand what I'm saying by that, you are bent towards sin. You have an innate relationship with sin. Sin is in you. Sin is who you are. Your goodness is not godly. So you're terminal. There's nothing you can do. There's no money you can have and say, I'm going to pay off God you're right, you know, so you can be right. You can't bake him a cake and say, I baked you something, so can I be righteous? You can't light enough candles. You can start a forest fire. You're not right with God by these outward things that you do that tend to try to have a relationship with the Holy God. Because he said this, your sin is so deep, you want me to look at what you see. And I'm telling you, it's in your heart. Because he said, if you lust after a woman, you've already committed fornication and adultery. So it's a heart, and the heart, and the heart, and the mind are the same thing in the Bible. So God's saying, you're terminal, and there's nothing that you can do. It's not about coming to Christ so you can get better. It's coming to Christ because you have found, you have figured out that you have no out. It's not about coming to Christ so you can have a superficial, better life in the world. It's about coming to Christ because you know that your sins have condemned you. So you might say, well, I'm tired of partying, I'm tired of drinking, I'm tired of this and I'm tired of that. That's good, but that's the fruit of your sin. That's what we see. And everybody got different fruit. My fruit of sin may not be your fruit of sin, but it's still the manifestation is the fruit. God wants to lay axe to the root. God wants to lay the axe to the root of your sin because if it's laid to the root, there will be no fruit. So how do we do this? How do we get out of this terminal situation where I keep trying, I keep trying not to sin, I keep trying to live holy. If I come to church, no, it's not about that. Those things are good within themselves, but they're only good as the changed heart. It's only good as the changed heart. So we have to understand that it's terminal to the point that you need a surgeon. You need someone to go in and take out your sinful, impotent, hard heart and your hard head and give you something that belongs to God, which is the heart of his flesh. He has to do that. And the issue is, no matter how much you want it, it can't be done until he decides to do it. You think you came to God. Uh-uh, God came to you. Think about this. The Bible says he'll leave the 99 and go after the one. Everybody's room was a one. Christianity is the only religion where the God that loves you comes after you. You don't come after him. The Bible says there's no good, there's none good, no, not one. There's none that seeks after God, no, not one. It's romantic. Oh, I got sick and tired of being sick and tired. I came running after Jesus. No, you didn't. The prodigal son says, stories tells us that when, they, when his son was afar off, his father came to run to meet him. He was still away. 
His father didn't require that he come all the way. Once his father was in, once he became in the sight of his father, his father ran towards him and hugged him. And that's what Jesus does, does to you. Faith come by hearing, hearing come by the word of God. How can the people hear unless a preacher be sent? The gospel is the way that God is the means by which we are saved through the hearing of the gospel that convicts our soul and then God awakens us and quickens us and we somehow or another, like you said, I'm tired of this and I'm tired of that. I'm, it, it, what happened is you got saved and now that you're tired of your own sin. That's what salvation about. Your salvation is about not looking at your boyfriend and saying, well, you still smoke, you still party, you still this, you still that, and you ain't saved. No. It's about you personally. Amen. What you tired of. Come on. Because it's not about what he does. It's about what you do. It's not about what they do. It's about what you do. And it's not about what you've done. It's about, again, like I said at the beginning, it's what he did. Amen. Jesus provided you a way of escape. The Bible says he's always, he always will provide you a way of escape. So it's kind of dangerous to come to the cross. Because now, once you get saved, you're held accountable for everything you do after that. I'm saying, Pastor, but, but I can't be perfect. He knows that. But in Christ Jesus, you are perfect. Thank you, Jesus. Not perfected as the world looks at it, but the work and progress of sanctification as he looks at it. He says you're justified. You're living out your sanctification. And you're always covered by grace and mercy. And grace and mercy is misunderstood. Mercy says that I'm still a sinner and I still sin and I deserve the death, but God. Amen. Yes. Grace says God decided to give me favor to give me another chance so I can do it right the next time. So I don't stay down when I mess up. I got a gift because I just understood how merciful and gracious God is. Then we go to Romans 2 and 4 and it says, if you understand the goodness of God, don't you know that the goodness of God should lead you to repentance? Yes, right. For those of us who are saved, repentance is a gift of God to, to reestablish right relationships. Amen. It's severed by our activity, but it's made right due to our realization and we come back in. Does it mean that I'm not going to get chastised for what you do? No, the eternal law of you reap what you sow is there. But let me tell you something. Even though you planted weeds because you're in Christ, God may decide to cut them before they get too high. Some things he lets you go ahead and reap the, reap the pain from it. So you'll say, God, you're so good because guess what? It would be worse if I didn't have you. I am still reaping from what I've done in the past. There are some things when you guys get to sit down and talk to me and some of the people in here, we some toe up folk. Amen. Amen. Okay. I, 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 maybe I'm not. Well, I'm a toe up folk. Okay. But God. But God. But God. But God. See, it's so magnificent in this one word, but God. He doesn't hold the, he doesn't hold account when he forgives him. He throws it as far as the east is from the west, as far as high is down. He says, I've forgiven you. And all he requires is me to remember and to forgive others who trespass against me. That's all he requires. And he made it plain. If I can't, then he ain't. 
That's the beauty of this. The walk is zigzaggy. But it's like this. Where I used to zigzag like this, it gets smaller, smaller, smaller. And next thing you know, some point in your life, you realize you're walking straight because you know what you'll do? You'll look back at the zigzag and say, hmm, I ain't doing that no more. Because the Holy Spirit will continue to convict you. The Holy Spirit will continue to deal with you. Let's look at scripture. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 2. Let's start at verse 1. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. If you can see that, for those who can see that, there it is up there. Amen. Amen. We're trying some new stuff. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's go. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, mm -hmm. following the course of this word, mm -hmm. following the prince of the power of the air. Stop right there. And you were dead. You were dead. A dead man don't know nothing. You were dead. A dead person can't do anything. When you're dead, you're dead. So you say, well, Pastor, I'm still breathing. No, we're talking about dead spiritually. We're talking about being separated from God. You were dead in your trespasses and sins. That's just another way to say you was born in sin and shaped in iniquity. You were born dead due to Adam's fall. And then what you did was pile on top of it with your own sin. Okay? So you was dead. Who did you follow? You followed the prince of the power of the air, which is the devil. The devil is the father of all those who are dead and breathing. That's what that's telling you. The devil is your father. Because he's the father of lies. See, the devil wants you to believe that you're connected, but you're not connected to Jesus. You're connected to him. See, he, he, he can give you some nice stuff. But there's always a catch to the devil. He'll take you right up to where you get comfortable. And then he'll twist it. He'll make you rich. Like the Twilight Zone, those like Twilight Zone. You might have seen this one. The guy had th the guy had three wishes, and he said, "I want to be rich." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he made him rich. Yeah. And then here come the IRS and took everything away. Yeah, yeah. And he had paid taxes on all his riches. Then he wanted power. The last thing was he wanted power. He gave power, but the power he gave him he ended up being Hitler. See, my thing is, God can put, see, the devil can put you in a situation where you think that you're gaining, but you're actually losing. That's right. What is it to gain the whole world? Lose yourself. But Jesus says, if you're willing to lose your life, you will gain your life. That's something to wrap our mind around because how does losing make us weak? In the world, it don't equate to nothing. But in the spiritual world, we suffer for his sake. And he said, if they did it to me, they're going to do it to you. He said, the world will hate you because of me. But the thing about hating me, I gain God's unequivocal focus on my life. He says, the gospel is the power to salvation. So in Rome, in this passage of Ephesians, we're learning that we all walk, everybody in this room walked according to the prince of the power of the air. All of us were dead. Keep reading. The spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. Disobedience. Everybody that's not saved. Go ahead. 
among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh. In the passions of our flesh. The Bible says in James, when you're drawn away from God, you're drawn away by your own lusts and desires. We learned in James that it's our passions that cause us to have quarrels. One with another. Our passions rage in us. And just because you say it doesn't mean that you get rid of all your passions. Just because you say it doesn't mean that you're going to, everything's going to work out for you in that moment. What it means is you have a choice at any given time. Follow God and what you've learned or go back to following what you used to do. You got a choice. See, before you didn't have a choice, you were dead. But once you get saved, you made alive. And now that you made alive, there's a war going inside of you. Either follow God's teachings or follow your own mind. Well, God loves everybody. He do. You heard it. Everybody in this room will agree that God loves everybody. But to what extent? That's when you get twisted. We think God loves sin. No, he says, I can't face sin. I can't tolerate sin to be around us. Then we'll say something romantic to make us stay sinners. God loves the loves, hates the sin and loves the sinner. Well, the sin don't go to hell. <laughs> the sinner do. That's what the Bible says. But we say stuff to, to give us a pass. This is how this works. God loves you enough to send his son to die for you. And if you don't accept the love gift he gave you, you become his enemy still. He loves you enough to give you breath every day to come. Even though you sit there and say, well, I'm not going to accept what the preacher says. Okay, don't accept what I say. It's not me talking. It's God talking through his word. Amen. He said you was dead. Not me. But as long as I'm concerned, I was just like you. I understand how you feel. I felt the same way until I found out. <laughs> see, then, see, you got to get that in your mind. Is, is that, is that the, he loved you to the point that he gave his son to die for you. And if you don't accept his son, what else do you want him to do for you? He said, I gave you a way to be connected to me. Believe on me. Now, you don't want to accept that? What you want to do? You want to be around like candles? You want to give stuff? You want to, you want to worship? And you want to worship people that were just like you? There's no person that's dead can do anything for you now. Because God is the only one that died for you. Only one. Jesus died for you. Paul can't do it. None of them can. They had to atone for their own sake. Paul will tell you that in his writings. You have to follow me as I follow who? Christ. So you're not, you don't follow me just because I'm Paul. You follow me because I'm following Christ. And when I'm not acting like Christ, don't follow me. Because there's times in every saint's life that guess what? Janelle, we don't act so saintly. I'm going to tell you that now. We ain't perfect. But we're perfected in Christ. It's only in Christ Jesus that we're perfected. Not of our own righteousness. Read Carrying out the desires of the body mm -hmm. and the mind. Mm -hmm. And we're by nature children of wrath. Now watch this, Janelle. This is what the children of wrath mean. You that came to Christ now, right? You're not going to get God's wrath. The children of wrath are only for the devil's children. There's a difference between wrath and chastisement. See, when you're not saved, you are facing the terminal wrath of God. Once you say you can only get chastised. Think about this. Think about this today. The same sin that condemned you to hell, will, if you do it when you're saved, you'll get a whooping. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Now, you may not know the feel the difference because you've never felt God's wrath. Because God's wrath was poured out of his son for you. See, your sins that you did before you came to Christ, God was, Jesus was hanging on the cross. And all of it was poured out on him, the wrath that was meant for you and me and everybody in this room. But God said, no, I want to save them. I want to save Janelle. So I guess what? Jesus is going to take your spot. And now you say, you my child. Now guess what? You do it again, I'm going to whoop you. You ain't going to get my wrath, but I'm going to whoop you. But you don't know the difference because you ain't never had his wrath. It's going to hurt because it's going to convict you and it's going to drive you to repentance because you understood you deserve the wrath but all you got was a chastisement. Read. Like the rest of mankind. Like the rest of mankind. Go. But God. But God. Rich in mercy. No, he's poor. The Bible says he's rich in mercy. Go ahead. Because of the great love with which he loved us. He's rich in mercy because of what? The great love. His love encompasses his mercy. We have a God that loves, but we also have a God that's merciful. Merciful means he doesn't give you what you deserve. He doesn't give you the wrath. He gives you the chastisement. But God, go ahead. Even when we were dead in our trespasses. Even when you were separated from me. Made us alive together with Christ. Made us alive. You've been made alive. That's that word quickened. You'd have made it been made alive by the Holy Spirit. You're not dead anymore. You're alive. And he did that. But God, his mercy did that. His love did that. You couldn't earn it. You couldn't say enough prayers to get it. He had to do it in spite of you, for you, and because God loved him. You know what God told his son? Jesus conveyed this. He said, all that the Father gives me, I will not lose one. You can't be lost now. Don't let nobody tell you that you lost. God wouldn't waste his time making you alive to lose you again. Can you backslide? Of course you can. Will you backslide? Of course you will. But the thing about it is, you ain't never lost. You're not condemned. You're not dead. You're not going to receive God's wrath. So God is merciful. Read. By grace, Mm -hmm. you have been saved. By grace, you've been saved. Through faith. Go ahead. And raised us up with mm-hmm. him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So everything is in Christ Jesus, Janelle. You're seated with him, you're with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus by grace. Unmerited favor of God, which means there's nothing you did to earn it. He gave it to you for free. Amen. He gave it to you for free. Go ahead. So that in the coming ages, he mm-hmm. might show the immeasurable riches of his grace mm-hmm. kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. Now think about this. His riches are so vast that no matter what you do, you can't use it up. His grace is so much that I could use it every day because he renews his mercy and his grace every day. Everybody in this room couldn't use up God's grace. Because it's, it's, it's so vast, so it's insurmountable. It's so much in the bank. He got so much love in the bank, there's nothing you could do to separate you from the love of God. Ain't that what the Bible says? Neither height, nor depth, nor angels, nor principalities, nor think present to things to come shall separate you from his love. He died because he loved you. Amen. Go to 2 Corinthians 
chapter 5, verse 20. Start at verse 20. Because for those of us in Christ, you know, every now and then you need to examine yourself. That's right. You need to question, are you in the faith or not? Meaning that am I in Christ Jesus to the point I'm being affected, infected, and moved by what I've learned? You may not know much right now, but you keep hanging out with us when you will. So I don't expect you as a baby to know what some of these young adults know when it comes to the word of God. Ephesians 5, chapter, verse 20, read. Therefore, therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. I'm an ambassador for Christ. Go ahead. God making his appeal through us. Uh-huh, we're making an appeal. I mean, he's making an appeal, and our voice is telling him his appeal. Go ahead. We employ you on behalf of Christ. We're begging you on behalf of Christ. Think about this. We're begging you to accept him. We're begging you to, to accept his love. We're begging you, everybody who's not saved, we're begging you to come into the knowledge of God. God's not going to force you. He's begging you. We're begging you. Receive what we're saying. We know that you come from all different kinds of religion, people. But your religion is no good. Because religion can't save you. Religion is stuff man made up in order to make himself like God. The word of God is the word of God. Examine yourself to make sure you're in the faith. Examine yourself because we're ambassadors. Read. Be reconciled to God. Be reconciled to God. Make your account right with God. Amen. Go ahead. For our sake he made him to be sin who knew, who knew no sin. For our sake he made him sin who knew no sin. For your sake he made him sin who knew no sin. For our sake, he took an innocent man and put your sin on him, and he had the wrath of God put on him for you. What other religious system do you know do that? Where the God of the system takes on your sin and iniquity, and he get punished for it so you can live forever. That's where we're at. That's where you're at. You have come to a realization that God died for you, that he sent his son to die for you. His name is Jesus. You keep hearing these words, in Christ Jesus. Do you know that you've been baptized into Christ Jesus? What we're going to do today symbolizes what has happened to you. You were dead in your sins and trespasses. God made you alive. You've repented for your sin. And now that you've been made alive, now you've been buried with him, and now you're going to be raised with him. That's what this represents. Your new life. Now, does it do anything? Is it magic? No. If you're a devil, you're going to come up a wet devil. <laughs> but if you understand what's being done, you, it's a symbol to all the world that you have accepted the Lord Jesus as your Savior and that you have repented for your sins and that you have been made alive, buried, and born again. Amen. That's what we get ready to do today. And all we can do is tell you there's two ordinances the Bible gives us in the New Testament. One is baptism and one is communion. So this is important. There's a story about a young man that we're going to get to. There's a story about a, a, a young Ethiopian youth who had just came from the temple, was riding back home, and he had a, a passage of Isaiah with him. And he's riding along, he's riding along, and he's praying to God, and God knew his heart. 
knew that he'd been converted, but he, he wanted to know more. And, and, and he, he, he dispatched Philip to catch up with the eunuch. And the eunuch, and Philip asked him, what do you read? He said, I'm reading Isaiah. He said, I don't understand it. He said, because I don't have a man to teach me. We're here to teach you. So that you can understand it. Once he got taught the word of God, he wanted to get baptized. The Holy Spirit said, let him be baptized. And he said, is there no reason that I cannot be baptized? Is there any water around that I can be baptized with? And the water was right there for him to be baptized. Right there. The water's right here for you to be baptized. Amen. 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 And the good thing about baptism lets everybody know that you are in Christ Jesus. Amen? Yes. Let's pray. Oh, grace Heavenly Father, I just thank you today. I thank you for your word. Thank you that we were once dead, but now we're made alive. Lord, we come to you ready to do the ordinance that you have commanded us to do for all Christians that come into the house of God. Lord, we ask that you bless this baptism and you bless Janelle and her family and her friends. Lord, we pray that something might be stirred in them, no matter where they come from. You know their hearts. That they might ask, what must I do to be saved? As Janelle has asked, what must I do to be saved? As believe upon the name of the Lord Jesus, and that he rose from the dead, and that he's sitting on the right hand of the side of God, having all power, as a perfect propitiation, the substitute for our sins, having all power that is given to him in his hand, there's no other name given on earth or in heaven that men might be saved other than Jesus. And that's what we baptize them into. Jesus, the Savior, the Christ. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's prepare for baptism. Amen? Jeanette, you just sit right there for me. Come up to him. 